Welcome and thank you so very much for joining us on today's segment of Making a Difference Through Mentorship, where we believe that you make a difference one life at a time. As you know, last week was Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And in just a couple of days, Christians all around the world will celebrate Resurrection Sunday, the day that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today's podcast is going to continue to focus to an extent on these celebratory events, Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday. In the sense of John's gospel, all four of the gospel writers provide us in varying details the triumphal entry and, of course, Resurrection Sunday or the celebration. In John's gospel, chapter 12 and 13, the people took Palm branches. Palm branches were a sign of victory in that era. The people took palm branches and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. I became a Christian in March 1979, and God just recently revealed to me the strength and purpose of Hosanna, which is Uh, the title of today's podcast, a term that as Christians we have used for many years. But we want to share a few principles and precepts and further understanding of the strength and purpose of Hosanna. Sometimes all you need is one word from God to turn it around. And that word today is Hosanna, the strength and purpose of it all. Psalm 118.39 in the modern English version of the Bible declares, for you, God clothed me with strength for the battle. You subdued under me those who rose up against me. Psalm 1834 in the New English translation, David declares, He, God, trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend even the strongest bow. The word strength and its derivatives are mentioned over 360 times in the Bible applying both natural and supernatural strength to us as believers. The Greek word katai means power, strength, or might. In the Bible, strength is often linked to God's power. Paul in Ephesians 6 and 10 encourages us as believers to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When we understand the strength and purpose of Hosanna, which is a praise unto God, but it is also it also means a cry for help or a cry to save us. When we understand the strength and purpose of Hosanna, it becomes a weapon for our warfare throughout life and ministry. It's important to know that the strength we have is not our own. It comes from God. So Jeremiah chapter 9, beginning at the 23rd verse says, let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength. But let the one who boasts, boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me that I am the Lord. Isn't that a powerful passage? He says, don't let the wise boast of your wisdom. Don't let the strong boast of your strength. But if you go boast about anything, boast about the fact that you have understanding to know that I am the Lord. Paul defines his revelation of purpose in Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 in the Living Bible when he says, I want to become one with him, no longer counting on being saved by being good enough or by simply obeying God's laws, but by trusting Christ to save me for God's way of making us right with himself 
depends on faith, counting on Christ alone. Verse 10, Paul says, now I've given up everything else. I found it to be the only way to really know Christ and to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again and to find out what it means to suffer and to die with him. Another perspective of purpose in Matthew chapter 5 begins at the 13th verse in the Message Bible when Jesus says, let me tell you why you are here. If you want to understand your purpose, Jesus says, let me tell you why you and I are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. The psalmist said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. That's some strong language, my brothers and sisters. Verse 14, Jesus says, here's another way to put it. You're here, your purpose, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. Do you remember those kaleidoscopes when we were growing up as children? And every time you would turn the kaleidoscope, you would see a different image or a different color. You and I are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world as divine kaleidoscopes. The Bible goes on to say, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. This is what Jesus is saying to his disciples then as he says to us now. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Hosanna is a term of praise that carries with it a cry for salvation or help. The rule of the Romans had made life stifling and oppressive, but Jesus in Matthew 5 helps us as his people to understand why we are here. Our purpose, our, our cries, we cry out Hosanna, which is a term of praise, but it's also a cry, a plea for salvation and help. Just as it was for God's people back in um, the Roman rule era, life was stifling and oppressive. There are many things that the enemy releases against us that causes us to be, uh, causes oppression and depression and anxiety and worry. But as the people were shouting Hosanna in John 12 and 13, they were saying, Lord, help us, save us. And us saved souls need our souls saved. Yes, we've been saved. We've given our lives to the Lord. But the Bible reminds us that our saved souls need our souls saved. Our souls is the seat of our emotions, our intellect, and our will. And therefore, we have to continue to learn to think like God thinks. Hosanna is another term for learning and helping us to think like God thinks. The people looked at Jesus riding into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday and saw the fulfillment of Psalm 118 beginning at the 24th verse where the Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The Hebrews firmly believed that Jesus riding into Jerusalem on that donkey that day, this was the day. This was the day of salvation. This was the day that we were going to be released from Roman rule and Jesus is our king. So the scripture in Psalm 118 goes on, verse 25 it says, save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity. Verse 26, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
the Israelites, the Jews, firmly believed that this was the day that not only was the Lord going to help them and save them, but he was going to prosper them. So they were crying out, King of Israel. Prosperity in this passage means to succeed, to be profitable, to push forward. As the people were shouting Hosanna on Palm Sunday in Jerusalem that day, they were in essence saying, you have come to help us, save us and prosper us. So blessings on you, O King of Israel. Matthew's account of Palm Sunday events includes the 21st chapter beginning at the 14th verse in the modern English version of the Bible that declares the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Verse 15. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. The chief priests and scribes were extremely displeased, verse 16, and said to Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of children and infants you have perfected praise? Jesus is referring the religious leaders to Psalm 8 and 2 in the modern English version of the Bible that says, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength which is praise. You have ordained strength, which is praise because of your enemies to silence the enemy and the avenger. To silence his foes and critics, the Lord does not always turn to the educated, deep-thinking scholars and theologians to explain all that he is. God sometimes defeats his critics with the simple praise of children who are not yet old enough to reject the revelation that God has placed in their young hearts. Jesus cited this verse when the Pharisees protested the praise of children in the temple, in the church of the living God. To further illustrate this point, the Bible says in Matthew 18, beginning at the first verse in the Amplified Version, at that time, the disciples came up and asked Jesus, who then is really the greatest in the kingdom? Verse two, and he called a little child to himself and put him in the midst of them. Verse three. And said, truly, I say to you, unless you repent, change, turn about and become like little children, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, you can never enter the kingdom of heaven at all. Verse four, whoever will humble himself before, therefore, and become like this little child, trusting, lowly, loving and forgiving is greatest in the kingdom of heaven by the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus did not mean the greatest in quality or character, but in or when the disciples asked the question, who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They did not mean the greatest in quality or character, but they were thinking of name and position. They were thinking in terms of power, fame, wealth, position and name. So Jesus calls a child to teach his disciples as he is teaching us now. So the question becomes, how does a person become humble? By living as a child, embracing the strength and purpose of Hosanna, Lord, help us, Lord, save us as a little child. Recognizing that no matter what we have accomplished in life, no matter what our tag, title, or position may be, we must live by the strength and purpose of Hosanna, which becomes a weapon for our warfare. Praising the Lord, but also crying out to him, saying, Lord, help me, Lord, Save me, which is the posture of humility and dependency. The child had humbled himself to come to Jesus. How do we know? The child had to give up whatever he was doing. 
Whatever it was that was occupying his thoughts and times, the child walked away from it. This further means that there are some things and possibly some some people that you and I will have to walk away from to obey the Lord. Let me say that again. What this further means for us as a child walked away from whatever he was doing that occupied his thoughts and time. There are some things and possibly some people that you and I will have to walk away from in order to obey the Lord. The child humbled himself in order to come to Christ. The child had obeyed the Lord. He went to Jesus. Obedience always demands humility and a humbling of oneself. Our thoughts, our energy, our time, our effort. There's an old song that you may recall. We used to sing, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all, all that I am, all that I'm not, all that I ever hope to be, God, I owe it all to thee. So therefore, I surrender all. In order to do whatever the Lord asks of us, we've got to surrender all, all that we think we are, all of our accomplishments, all of our achievements, all of our relationships. In order to obey the Lord, we're going to have to surrender all. So in this passage, the child overcame feelings he had in order to respond to Jesus. There were 12 grown men surrounding Jesus. There was bound to be some hesitation or some apprehension or even fear because in the child's mind, what have I done? Have I done anything wrong? Yet this child humbled himself and went to Jesus despite whatever he was feeling and whatever those 12 grown disciples were thinking. The strength and purpose of Hosanna also causes us to reflect on the truth of Psalm chapter 1 in the Amplified Version beginning at the first verse where the Bible says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sit, or, nor sit down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. In other words, you have to be careful who you associate with. People are like elevators. They will either help you to go up or they will drag you down. Verse two in the Amplified Version. But his delight and desire are in the law, the direction of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. Verse three. And that person, he or she shall be like a tree firmly planted, by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaves shall also not fade or wither, and everything that he or she does shall prosper and come to maturity. Oh my God, the prophet Isaiah understood uh, this concept of the strength and power of Hosanna Although he was not present in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, but yet by the inspiration of God, he prophesied for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A child born refers to the humanity of Jesus, while a son given refers to the divinity of Jesus. With this portion of of Isaiah's prophecy in chapter 9, God also reminds us in chapter 7, verse 14, therefore the Lord himself. Hallelujah, we'll give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and will call him 
Emmanuel, God with us, child of God. There is never a time that God is not with us through the good, the bad, and sometimes the downright ugly. Paul says in Romans chapter eight that all things work together for the good. He didn't say all things were good, but he said that all things work together for the good because Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with us as the Prince of Peace. And one day, Jesus is going to fulfill Luke 2 and 14, if I remember, where the angel said, peace on earth, goodwill to men. God's going to fulfill the very purpose and promise of his word. And when people are reconciled through goodwill and through peace with God, they will have peace with God and the peace of God, enabling every man, woman, boy, or girl to be at peace with everybody else by the ministry of reconciliation. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at the 17th verse, if any man, if any woman be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Aren't you glad that the old things that we used to do are passed away? And behold, all things have become new. We are a new creature. We're a new creation in, through, and by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Verse 18, and all things are of good. The tears that you've had to cry, the heartache and the heartbreak God has allowed in our lives in order to help us to understand that I'm greater than them all. When you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and acknowledge him in all of your ways, he's going to direct your path. As a matter of fact, He's told us he'll make the crooked things straight in our lives. All things are of God. There is never a time that God is not with us as Emmanuel. He saw what they did. He saw what they said. But child of God is all working for your good. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us, you and me, the ministry of reconciliation. The word reconciliation can literally be transformed or translated, restored to divine favor. And God has given you and me the ministry of reconciliation to help our neighbors and co-workers, family members and friends, and yes, even our enemies to be restored to divine favor. Just like the prodigal son, when he came to himself, he said, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against my father, but he came to himself when he went back to the father's house. Divine favor was restored to him because he came to himself. He recognized that in my father's house, there's there's bread enough. I'm going to go back to all glory to God. Divine favor was restored to the prodigal when he came back to the father's house. The father wasn't concerned about his sins, transgressions, or iniquities. He simply said, my son that was lost has come back home and divine favor was restored to the son. Kill the fatted calf. We having barbecue ribs tonight. Kill the fatted calf. Bring the robe, bring the ring, bring the shoes, the sandals, put them on his feet because my son that was lost is back home. Divine favor was restored to the prodigal, just as it was to you and I on the day that we came to ourselves, where by the ministry of reconciliation, all things became of who has reconciled us to himself 
by Jesus Christ. Divine favor is restored to us and is upon us because Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at the sixth verse, declares for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What would you pay for, for, for peace? What would you give to, uh, to have peace of mind when you lay your head down on your pillow at night? Many people are walking throughout their day, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, without ever having peace. It's like they've been caught up in the rat race of this world. It's like that little hamster on the wheel that consistently and constantly is running on that wheel going nowhere. But Jesus as the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace has come in verse seven says of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. Can you imagine a world in which there is no violence, no prejudice or intolerance, no homicides or suicides, no injustice or unrighteousness whatsoever, where there is no more disconnects in marriages, where husbands and wives, there's no more fussing, fighting, arguing. Can you imagine a world like that where the prince of peace and the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. We know this is to be so. We know that this is coming to pass in the timing of God. We know this because the Bible says in the latter portion of Isaiah 9 and 7, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Not a man, not our state governors, not a man, not a president, not some foreign leader around the world. No, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The word zeal in the original Hebrew can be translated as for my sake. In other words, God says my integrity, my credibility and reliability is on the line. In essence, God says all that I gave Isaiah to prophesy, I'm doing it for my sake, but it's going to benefit you as my people. Oh, glory to God. David says in Psalm 103, beginning at the second verse in the New International, in the New International Version, praise the Lord. David gives his soul a command. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David gives his soul, his mind, his emotions, his intellect, and his will. He gives his soul a command to praise the Lord. You may not always feel like praising the Lord, but it's not based on feeling. It's based on faith. Sometimes you're going to have to praise God on faith. The just Paul says in Romans 1 and 17, the just shall live by faith. Sometimes you got to praise God on faith with tears in your eyes, a broken heart, misunderstanding, misinformation, people dragging you down, treating you badly. Sometimes you got to praise God on faith. So David said, praise the Lord Oh, my soul, get under control of the Holy Spirit operating and functioning in my life and forget not all of his benefits. Whose benefits? God's benefits. Verse three, David says, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. But wait a minute, park the bus right there for just a moment. Somebody might say, but I'm not healed. And somebody may reflect on blind Bartimaeus. He healed blind Bartimaeus. He healed that woman that had an 
issue of blood for 12 long years, but I'm not healed in this modern day. There's pain in my body, but I'm not healed. But the Bible just said he heals all of our diseases. Job, come here and testify for just a moment. Job, a man, as you know, that loved God, got a revelation in the midst of his suffering and pain. Tremendous, tremendously painful sores and boils all over his body. But Job got a revelation one day and he said, all the days of my appointed time will I wait. Oh, glory to God till my change come. Now the apostle John, hearing the voice of Jesus, the same one that rode into Jerusalem on a donkey on Palm Sunday, where the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. John gets a revelation in Revelation 21 and 4. He prophesies the future of believing believers. This prophetic end time declaration gives us as believing believers a confident, favorable expectation in everything, not just some things where the Bible says in Revelation 21 and 4, and God shall Wipe away the same one that rode into Jerusalem on a donkey on Palm Sunday. This is the God that shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. There shall neither be any more sickle cell anemia. There shall neither be any more diabetes. There shall neither be any more cancer or chemotherapy. There shall neither be any more sickle cell anemia or lupus. There shall neither be any more hospital visits or, or medication. There shall neither be any more need for all for these things because the Bible says these former things are passed away. In other words, just as God declares in his word in Psalm 103 verse 3, uh, where he says he heals all of our diseases. In other words, I'm either going to be healed while I'm here in the earth because healing is still the children's bread. I'm either going to be healed while I'm here in the earth. Or I'm going to be healed in heaven. All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Verse four of Psalm 103 declares prophesies of the same Jesus who says, the Bible says, who redeems your life from the pit. Sometimes you feel like you may have fallen into a pit and you've fallen and you can't get back up. The Bible says that a just man or woman falls down seven times, but gets back up again, who redeems your life, saves your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. When you fall down, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to get back up. So he crowns us with his love, agape, and unconditional, just as we are type of love with all of our faults, frailties, insecurities, anxiety, anxiousness. He, he redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with his love and compassion. In other words, you're going to get through this because I'm the God of another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance. Verse number five, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. So Isaiah says, wait a minute, you talking about eagles. Let me testify about this matter of eagles. So he says in Isaiah 40 and 31, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. 
They will mount up on wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. I believe that I can fly. I believe that I can fly because of the power of God's spirit, the strength and purpose of Hosanna operating in my life where a praise will help me to take wings and fly above my problems and the pain and pressure of my life. I have a confident, favorable expectation because this word wait in Isaiah 40 and 31 has the idea of looking to, hoping in confidence. I have a confident, favorable expectation that the strength and purpose of Hosanna is my ally in the battle where God says in Psalm 18 and 34, he trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend even the strongest bow. In other words, he's equipped you and I for the fight where we fight the good fight of faith, not just on Sunday, not just on Palm Sunday, not just on Resurrection Sunday, but child of God, you gonna have to fight the good fight of faith every day of your life. So the Bible reminds us in Psalm 22 and 3 that God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, God lives in our praise where he says he that dwells in the secret place. Sometimes praise is a secret for many of us, but it becomes a part of our understanding because Hosanna is a weapon for our warfare. So he that abides in the secret place of the most high. Praise is in the secret place. Glory to God. He that abides in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust because there's praise in the house, in the fortress of God. So John in chapter 12, 13, he reminds us the people took palm branches, a sign of victory and overcoming adversity. The people took palm branches and went out to meet Jesus as he was riding into Jerusalem. They shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. When a person truly gets a revelation of who Jesus is, praise is just what we do. I'm convinced that when David said in Psalm 150 and 6, let everything that hath breath Praise ye the Lord. I submit to you that there was a Hosanna down in his spirit. I submit to you that Psalm 146 and 2 is also an expression of Hosanna. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord, the Bible says, all my life. When you open up the back door of your life and you see where the Lord has brought you from, that will cause a Hosanna. Praise ye the Lord to rise up in you. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. I thought I was living before I came to the Lord. I thought I was enjoying life in the club. I thought I was enjoying life when I was drinking, when I was doing whatever I was doing. But you don't really begin to live until you live a reconciled life through Jesus Christ, where the divine favor of God is poured out upon and covers your life. Some people are in the pursuit of money, but listen, I'm here to tell you that you ought to be pursuing favor and to pursue favor means I'm trying to apprehend that which is apprehending me. That's what Paul said, man, I'm trying to get a hold of that which has gotten a hold of me. And I'm here to tell you that favor 
is better than money because favor can even get you some money. So when we are reconciled to God, not only does favor come, but money comes as well. With Hosanna on your lips and a praise in your heart, God becomes your tailor and your seamstress. Ask Isaiah about it when you get to heaven. Isaiah said in the 61st chapter and the 31st and the third verse, I'll give you, God says, I'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When you're discouraged or depressed or oppressed or vexed in your mind, put on the garment of praise, a sanctified Hosanna. When you don't feel like you can take another step, when you don't feel like going to church, when you don't feel like praying, when you don't feel like opening up your Bible, the word of the Lord says, put on because he gives it to us. He's our tailor and our seamstress. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Gospel recording artist Martha Munizzi woke up one morning with the revelation of Hosanna when she said, shout with the voice of triumph. Shout with the voice of praise. Shout with the voice of triumph. Shout with the voice of praise. Shout unto God for the victory. Hey, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of praise, man and woman of God. Driving down the highway, give the Lord a shout of praise. In your, in your secret place, in your closet, in your prayer room, listening to this podcast. Now keep your hands on the wheel, but give the Lord a shout of praise. Think about where the Lord has brought you from and give the Lord a shout of praise. Oh, hallelujah. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel, who is our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So the psalmist says in Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors. For the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? It's the Lord God, strong and mighty in battle. Where do we want the Lord to come into? We want the Lord to come into our thinking. We want the Lord to come into our marriages. We want the Lord to come into our sons and daughters. We want the Lord to come into our workplaces. We want the Lord to come into our churches. You are the King of glory and you are the Lord God, strong and mighty in battle. And you are the one that says, don't worry about it because the battle is not yours. The battle is mine, saith the Lord. As we lift up Hosanna, which is a praise unto the Lord, but it is also a cry, a plea, a request. Lord, help me, save me. As we began today's podcast, we began with Psalm 18 and 39 in the modern English version of the Bible that declares, for you, God, have clothed me with strength for the battle. You subdued under me those who rose up against me. Whoever or whatever strategy the devil causes to rise up against you, God has given you, man and woman of God, strength for the battle, and he has subdued under your feet all those things that have risen up against you. Put on the garment of praise. Shout unto God. Shout out Hosanna. And this word strength for the battle, strength and its derivatives are mentioned over 360 times in the Bible. 
strength is linked to God's power. So Paul encourages us as believers to be strong in the Lord, not in our experiences, not in our education, not even in yesterday's revelation. We give God praise for yesterday's revelation. But today is the day that the Lord has made. And the Bible says, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying unto the church. He says it seven times. In other words, God is always talking to us. But the question is, do we have ears to hear? Palm branches are a sign and symbol of victory. And as God's people, there will always be a religious people like the Pharisees who said to Jesus in Luke 19 and 40, your disciples are making too much noise. Tell them to be quiet. And you know the text. Jesus said, if these, these that are following me, these that believe in me, if these should hold their peace, the very rocks are going to animate themselves, come alive and shout or continue the praise party. The enemy wants to shut our mouths. He doesn't want us to testify. He doesn't want us to give glory to God. But child of God, your testimony, the Bible says they overcame him. Who's him? The devil, Satan himself. The Bible says, Jesus says, we overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Child of God, don't let the enemy or Pharisees in your lives. This is why there may be some people you're going to have to let go this year. Don't let religious people shut your mouth. Give God the glory. Give God the praise. Shout with a voice of triumph. Shout with a voice of victory. Shout unto God. Because when you know that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords of your life, there will never be a rock that can cry out for you in your place. As you celebrate Resurrection Sunday, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is our King of kings and Lord of lords, he has given us Hosanna, a weapon for our warfare, for our ongoing battle in life, which further illustrates and undergirds the strength and purpose of Hosanna. So the people declared, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As the people were shouting Hosanna in John 12 and 13, Hosanna is a term of praise, but also carries with it a cry for salvation and help. As they were saying Hosanna, they were also saying, Lord, help us, save us. Because they looked at Jesus coming into Jerusalem that day as a fulfillment of Psalm 118, beginning at the 24th verse. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. And in verse 25, save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Prosperity in this passage means to succeed, to be profitable, to push forward. As you and I celebrate Resurrection Sunday, know that this is the day. Even as you're listening to this podcast, this is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it because he has come to help us, save us, and prosper us for the glory of God, for the glory of God because he has come in obedience to the will of his Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ is here to help us all. 
for the glory of God.